0: Busy week in the NFL with firings, hirings, benchings, and retirements as we enter the final two weeks of the regular season. Welcome back to the Punt Return Podcast, week 16. We're into the final fortnight of the regular season. Nick Splitter, how is your Christmas, mate? It's great to be talking to you and all things NFL once again.
1: Yeah, pretty good, mate. Thanks. Merry Christmas to you too. It's uh, it's nice to be back. It was a, a pretty hectic kind of weekend, as as always, with with Christmas and a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, great to great to have some time to watch uh, watch some Sunday Christmas Day football.
0: Yeah, how good was that? I mean, I probably got caught myself on the phone far too much on Christmas Day, trying to watch the scores and watch what was going on and a lot of fantasy implications, obviously, as well. Uh, we're getting to the nitty-gritty of a lot of uh, tipping comps and, of course, just so much to play out in, the, in terms of the playoff picture as well. So, yeah, caught myself watching quite a lot of the uh, NFL on Christmas Day and but what an absolute treat it was to have so much football on Christmas Day and then roll into Boxing Day and, um, yeah, it was just a, a, an absolute plethora of football, which was fantastic.
1: Yes, it was amazing. I mean, personally having the, the Eagles Cowboys game on Christmas Day was pretty special. Um but just the, the whole the whole day, just being able to sit back and, and chill out with some food and, and watch the football and then obviously come come Monday and and, and yeah, another almost full day of, of NFL as well, which is great. Uh split screen with the Boxing Day test. It was uh yeah, it's good fun. Definitely good fun. I'd love love to do it again. Hopefully it becomes just kind of a uh you yeah, know regular in coming seasons, whether it's just for the Christmas weekend or whatever, where there's some more Saturday, Saturday games and Sunday games for us, and um, straight into the, the Monday, seven hours of commercial free football.
0: Oh, unreal, wouldn't it be just to, to split out those extra days, a few more games um, across the, the Saturdays, and in America would be absolutely unbelievable. But as I said off the top, mate, a super busy week in the NFL, lots of news flying in from everywhere, and we'll start with the key one in terms of. The Denver Broncos finally, finally parting ways with Nathaniel Hackett. Maybe too late, but uh, the time is right now, especially after the drubbing they got on um, uh, on the uh, Sunday Night Football game. It was against the Rams. Wow, that was an absolute debacle for the Broncos.
1: That was a pantsing that I'm not sure anybody saw coming. I mean, I think what, the one thing that you could always you know, hold your hat on as a as a Broncos fan was defense, and then to to mm-hmm. let in 50 points was just astonishing especially against this this Rams team which is certainly not the Rams offense that we've you know become accustomed to over the last couple of years uh, was was probably the you know the nail in the coffin for uh, for coach Hackett uh, I do think it's a shame because you know, he does have good wraps around the league um, you know, people people seem to love him uh, he saw even even uh, Russell Wilson come out uh, in the, in the last kind of 24 hours and, and say I, you know, I wish I would have played better for him I, I love the dude Um and you know, it seems like he's got a lot of love around the around the league. But um, yeah, hundred percent. A lot of a lot of this sits on uh, on those shoulders of, of Russell Wilson. Well, that
0: it's exactly right. I mean, it's all good and well for him to say, oh, "I should have played better." But the fact is, Russell, you didn't, and you had your opportunity. Mm. And geez, you were bad again, and there's just no sign of improvement. Coach Hackett gave him every opportunity as well. Absolutely, and the, he probably had his. You know, he's. All these weapons available, which he hasn't all year really against the Rams, and, and just to come out and with negative plays, and it was just, oh, it was just awful. And and I mean, I didn't watch too much of it because it was it was pretty ugly. It was a blowout. You could see it kind of the writing on the wall pretty early on. And goodness me, it's it's probably good riddance for Denver and a, another fresh start. But yeah, they're breaking some unwanted records this year in in, the, in that you know really really strong franchise, one of the, the biggest in the league, and of course the most expensive, I think now. In, in the league after or, or very close to um with, with the new ownership group there yeah. um in Denver, but goodness me, it's going to be an interesting off season for them and, and where they go from that, because obviously they've, they've gone all, all on, all in, I should say. And, you know, no draft picks coming back for a couple of years, which is, which is devastating for them because obviously they know it would have been a, a top five at the very least um, pick coming in this year. But, it's not to be, but like you said, the raps couldn't have been higher on Nathaniel Hackett coming out of Green Bay uh, where he was at his last stop. And yeah, it's disappointing for him, but yeah, I don't think he indeed himself with a couple of decisions. You know, you go right back to week one where it was just, um, you know, and that kind of almost was the writing on the wall for not, you know, probably that early, but I mean, what? Well, yeah, it was a sign of things to come unfortunately for, for Denver Broncos fans this year. Now another key one and a really interesting one is obviously the benching of Derek Carr, who, who leads, you know, the, the Raiders in terms of pretty much all franchise records at the quarterback position. Where, where to now for Derek Carr, who's actually been told to to stay away as well from the group. Um, he'll be taking some personal lead. He's not even going to be on the bench. So, which the Raiders are saying is, is to be less of a distraction for the team and they can focus on the next couple of weeks. But yeah, how do you, how do you see that kind of playing out? Obviously an extension signed at the start of this year and it's been his, Statistically, his worst season since his rookie campaign.
1: It's it's a bizarre one. It's a really really bizarre one because now if if they try and trade him in the in the off season, then everybody knows that they've just benched him, that they've sent him away, that he, you know they're not going to get your three four first rounders for Derek Carr. You're going to be lucky to get one first rounder, um, you know, because because everyone knows that he's now a, he's a veteran cast off. Um, and I just think it's a bizarre, it's a, it's a bizarre situation. It's a bizarre decision. Um, I mean, whether you like Derek Carr or not, he's certainly a better quarterback than Jarrett Stidham. And, you know, yes, you, you've got the the question marks about whether he's, you know, whether he's a great quarterback or a good quarterback or an average quarterback or whatever. But, you know, they gave him that extension. They brought in Devonta Adams. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs has finally got his career on track this season. I think you you've got to persist with him. You have to persist. He's certainly got talent. Um, you know, he can throw the ball. There, there are limitations for sure, but you know, I, I think that they can go places as, as long as they continue to, to do the right things. And I think that they took steps. I think that they've taken steps this season in, in the right direction. But this is this is a bit of a backwards one for, for mine, and, and I'm not sure what the purpose is, uh, unless there are things going on behind the scenes, and, and maybe that's something to yep. do with you know why they've they've said you know don't come back for, for want of a better, better phrase at, at the moment. But um, you know, th- there's the possibility that this, you know, upsets a lot of players because from all reports that the playing group loved Derek Carr. So, you know, it's, it's big question mark time. I think that the last kind of months in, in Las Vegas has, has certainly not been, not been good, especially given kind of they're on track to, to potentially, you know, be a, be a wild card team. Um, but yeah, look, there's there's now, again, question marks over the Raiders and, and we've said for years that the Raiders are going to Raider and the Raiders are raiding again.
0: They've raided indeed. And, and like you said, I think the big one is, you know, the guy, the franchise player that they got paid all this money to, they got to the Adams in so he could play with his old college yep. teammate and, you know, the bond there to, to kind of alienate him in a way to, to, to bench his mate, you know, good friend and, and obviously a guy that he's got great chemistry with. I know he had a... Statistically, his worst game, probably almost of his career, mm. against the Steelers last week. But um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting decision, especially the fact that he's not going to be on the sidelines. Yeah, there coaching up Jared Stidham. So and Adams, which we know, Derek Carr.
1: Adams even came out on on Instagram and, and basically said, "Fuck the haters, love you, bro." Yeah, you essentially you're like I, I think he said even in these words, like this is he's the reason I came to Las Vegas was Derek Carr. Um, And so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks and and next couple of months. Well, Derek Carr is
0: the kind of character that, you know, he's so positive Mm. and I think he'd be the kind of guy that you'd want on the sidelines. I understand the whole point about it being a distraction and whatnot, but I think we're really realistically, you're not going to make the playoffs. You've got arguably the two best teams in the NFL in the next two weeks, San Francisco and Kansas city. You ain't making the playoffs. You've got maybe 1% chance if that, you know, mathematically going in, but so just keep him there, keep him there, keep the, the guy that, you know, your franchise quarterback there or the guy that's, you know, carried this franchise for a decade, almost a decade. It's bizarre to send him away. Yeah. And um, like you said, it could, it could be um, consequential consequential to their, um, how they, what they do in the offseason if they try and offload him or, or what happens. But um, yeah, the Raiders Raidering is probably the best way to put it. As you <laughs> said, mate, it's um, yeah. A bit of a bizarre one, that one. And, uh, on to some better news, I suppose. Well, sad news, but um, you know, it's it's a good good news story in the fact we can look back at this guy and go, what an absolute superstar he's been. His JJ Watt, uh, three time defensive player of the year, has announced he'll be hanging up his cleats at the end of the season and uh we'll finish up uh and run it right off into the sunset. But yeah, what an absolute star JJ Watt has been. Uh an absolute beast in the last, you know, decade across the nfl
1: oh well absolute superstar and and just a legend of a bloke as well like you hear all the stories about the things that he does for for kids in the community and and sick people in the community and just his local communities in in general um, just seems like an absolute legend Um, but as as a pure player i mean he's a two-time sack leader five-time first team all pro five-time pro bowler uh 111 and a half sacks which is 38th all time since uh 1960 i think in official records which is since 82 i think he's like 24th or 26th all time um and you know he's got a couple more weeks potentially uh see see where he finishes up but yeah look he's he's a great player i think he's kind of universally loved there aren't that many people that are universally loved in the nfl and i think he's one of them just a, a an absolute stud player and just a superstar bloke by all reports so yeah great career and it's um I think we've, he's one of those guys that we look back on and, and think that we were really lucky to be able to watch him for, for 10 or 11 years. So, yeah, good on him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He certainly probably hasn't been the same same caliber at Arizona, but he's still, you know, we saw he, he had a number of sacks, I think, last week, and he, he's still a, a, an absolute force, um, but probably not to the extent where he had. But he has had some significant injuries, of course, as we know, with his neck and a few yeah. other things, but what an absolute beast he was in the Texans. and like you said, an absolute gentleman off the field as well. He's done a lot in communities around, around America. And yeah, an absolute superstar guy that, you know, like you said, is universally loved across the NFL. There's not too many people I've ever heard that, you know, would ever say a bad word about that guy. So um, yeah, kudos to him and and what a career it's been for JJ Watt. Uh, Well, let's move on to a couple of other teams that, you know, we, we're getting into the business end. Obviously, with only two games left, but where to for the high flying Dolphins? Only four weeks ago, they were up and about, looking for an AFC East, you know, top spot, I suppose, and, and and beating the Bills to a division crown. They've now lost four in a row, and the news hasn't got hasn't isn't great with Tour. Obviously, potentially missing this week with another concussion, which is which is really concerning mm. for his long term health. Not just. I think they've in,
1: confirmed. I think in the last couple yeah. of hours, they've confirmed that he that he won't play. He won't play. Yeah. Uh, which we'll means. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater back. Teddy's back. Uh,
0: but yeah, huge, huge. Uh, they just need to win one more game, and and that'll probably clinch him a, a clinch him a playoff spot. But it, it's certainly not easy. Going to be against two AFC East teams that are both also trying to get into the playoffs themselves. Mm. So obviously the Pats this week, followed by the Jets. But uh, wow, what a, what an interesting season it's been for the Dolphins, and a, and a bit of a mini collapse, I suppose. And uh, you know, four losses in a row is daming and uh, the way they've lost him, I suppose, especially that game against the Packers where we saw three interceptions and three consecutive drives from tour and, you know, who's been so accurate all year, but it's just been a, mm. yes, it's really interesting and bizarre kind of fall off for of the Miami offense.
1: You, you have to wonder how concussed he was in that second half because he, mm. he looked completely different. He played all right up to that point as well, kind of in the, in the first half had played all right. Um, and then, kind of that hit it said its head hits the ground and and was just not the same after that. Um but yeah I mean I think you you kind of said it best already that you know it was only six weeks ago we were talking about them as a potential challenger for Buffalo atop the AFC East. And you know now they're going to struggle for a wild card spot and and you know I don't have them winning this week. Um I think that I think the Pats beat them this week. Uh and it's just you know I think at the start of the season we kind of spoke about the question mark over Miami was we know that they've got talent. Yeah, they've brought in Tyreek Hill. Um, they've done it, they've made a bunch of moves, Raheem Mostet, um, to, to make this team better. We know how good their defense was. They needed to, to improve offense, which they did. They made the right moves, but could they put it together for an entire season? Because we've seen over the previous two or three years that, you know, they'd, they'd have a good patch, whether it was a four or six week period, or they'd start the season really well, or they'd finish the season really well. Um, but they haven't been able to do it for for 17 weeks and again like you said it kind of you know they were right on the precipice of kind of being able to clinch a, a playoff spot a month ago and they're not there four weeks later um, and it just goes to to that kind of I don't I don't know if it's a cultural thing or a lifestyle thing or, or whatever it is but you know the weather changes and something something changes in Miami and uh, they either go from really good to really bad or really bad to really good and They've done it again and and yeah, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna struggle. I think they're gonna struggle for that, that final wild card spot, to be brutally honest.
0: Yeah, based off you thinking they're gonna lose this week, I, I think they need to win this week to get in because if they lose this week, obviously the Pats jump ahead of them as well, obviously with the, the tiebreaker yep. there. And uh we both will we a preview, but we both think the Jets will win this week, which will also get them to um eight and eight. So you've got three teams at eight and eight, and then you kind of yeah, it's it's win out for the Jets or Pats mm-hmm. and they're in. So the Dolphins yep. at this stage, though, still have their destiny in their own hands. If they win out or win one game, they're they're pretty much secure. But, yeah, like you said, it, it could be a disaster, uh, especially the way the Dolphins have played for the majority of the season, how exciting they've been to watch. Yeah. It, it, it would be a shame if they did miss out, especially for a team that, you know, it's been about five years, I think, since they've made the playoffs. So, yeah, it's, it's certainly... Um, double prime this year and and to, to go from 8 and 3 or 8 and 4 whatever they were uh, to miss playoffs would be pretty devastating for that uh, loyal fan base but we'll wait and watch and see but um it's going to be tough with Teddy Bridgewater taking the helm but we know he's got some magic in him um, every now and then so we'll see <laughs> what happens in that one but yeah that's going to be a really interesting game to watch this week uh speaking of afc teams but this time it's a team that have finally made a playoff berth, and it, and they're finally clinched, and it's the LA Chargers. And God, they made it ugly and, and did it the hard way, didn't they? But they got there, and they're somehow nine and six, which is a really impressive season. But you wouldn't, it doesn't feel like no, it, does it? It doesn't, it doesn't so feel like it. Up and down, and, and mainly down, to be honest. I think they've been awful for yeah. most of the season. But yeah, they've. Sc- you know, just squeezed out wins and nine and six kind of flutters them, I think. And, but, you know, as you said, they're clinched, they're in and and maybe they can do
1: some damage. Who knows? Well, they, they really had to, they really had to, and and they've kind of done the absolute minimum yep. to do so. <laughs> um I mean, they haven't played well at all. And we said that, you know, we know that they've got talent, both sides of the ball on offense, defense, they need to, Get better on special teams. They need better play calling and and uh, game time decisions and, and a bunch of bunch of things which haven't really eventuated. Um, but somehow talent talent has won out and, and at nine and six they're in finally first time since twenty eighteen or something like that. So you know it, it's it's great for the Chargers. I think it, it's kind of vindicated a lot of the things that they've done over the last three years. Um, you know Justin Herbert, that the pick the man um, has done not a whole lot wrong he hasn't had his greatest year but again comes down to injuries and play calling and and you know stuff around keenan allen's been away been out most of the year mike williams has missed time you know they've had a bunch of guys miss time Um, and he's had his own his own niggles and and you know hits and and that sort of stuff so look it's been a tough year i think we all kind of expected more out of the charges Um, in terms of the way that they played i mean Nine and six is still a pretty good year and, and they've got the ability to to you know finish in double digit wins, which is which is always a solid year. Um but it does it doesn't feel like it. It feels like they're a seven and eight team or an eight seven team at the moment, just kind of really struggling. Um, because I think we expect so much more out of them and and they are one of those teams. I feel like, you know, they've got a couple of weeks pre playoffs now to kind of if they want to tinker, they can um, get a couple of things right. I think they can still do some damage in playoffs, but yeah, you know, they they certainly haven't shown enough to this point to say that they can you know, go into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs or you know, anything like that. So it's it's going to be a really interesting a really interesting time to see them there. Obviously, for a lot of those blokes, it's it's going to be their first playoff run. So uh, interesting to see how they handle it. Brandon Staley is another one. Interesting to see how he handles that and the pressure. Uh, I'm not sure that he's handled pressure very well at the best of times. Um, so. You know, it, it, playoffs is a different a different game and maybe you rise to the occasion. I don't know, but they've certainly got enough talent um all over the all over the field to, to do some damage. It's just whether they can put it all together in time and, and get it done.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, the closest thing to a playoff game was that debacle against the Raiders last year from Brandon <laughs> Staley and we know how all that went. But I mean uh, the one key thing you, you pointed out is it's a huge monkey off the back for Justin Herbert, who's yeah. you know, like you said, we've we've kind of touched on the last couple of weeks. He's almost that social media quarterback that everyone's you know so high on, but he actually hasn't proven anything yet in terms of that win loss record and and kind of taking down the big guys. I know he plays really well against the Chiefs every time he goes out there against Mahomes, but other than that, I mean, he hasn't hasn't achieved anything yet. And it's it's great to see the, that they are in the playoffs. And to be honest, they probably should finish with an eleven six record somehow. They they play the Rams and the Broncos the next two weeks, so really realistic, realistically, they should be winning those two games and. Like you said, it's the perfect opportunity to kind of fine-tune a few things, try a few different things and see where it lands before they they obviously go into a a team's building and and try and take them on as a wildcard team. So, yeah, certainly not convinced they'll make a deep run, but, um, you know, funnier things have happened. We've seen wildcard teams in recent seasons have a lot of success in the playoffs. So, yeah, anything's Mm -hmm. possible once you're there. So, well done to the Chargers for making it. But he does have to go through this guy, uh, Patrick Mahomes. He's built different, isn't he, mate? He's probably on his on track now to to now be a two time MVP winner, uh, which is probably you know you think he probably should have already had that kind of accolade to his yeah. name. But um, I'd love you to just rattle off a couple of stats that you've um, you've put down because yeah, it's just incredible how how guy how this guy started his NFL career.
1: Oh, it's it's amazing, like you said, he's just built different. I found found this stat. Uh, a little bit early in the week, and I chucked it on social media and it went off a little bit. So I thought I'd, thought I'd re, uh, revisit it on the show. But if you look at, I guess, the elite quarterbacks of, of our generation generally, um, you know, the the, <clears throat> the Hall of Famers, um, you got Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. You look at their most seasons with 4,500-plus pass yards and 35 or more passing touchdowns. And the number of years that they were the, the starter in their franchises. So you've got Tom Brady did it five times or has done it five times in 21 years. Peyton Manning did it four times in 17 years as a primary starter. Drew Brees did it four times in 19 years as the primary starter starter in uh, San Diego and and New Orleans, obviously. Patrick Mahomes has done it four times in five years. This guy is just a freak. And I know the game's changed. It's clearly a... You know, it's, it's a quarterbacks game these days but it was for the majority of Brady and Manning and breezes mm. careers too so you know yes it's it's getting more and more that way but this guy is just a, a, an absolute freak he's a beast and he's in the perfect position he's got the perfect coach he's got the guys around him to make it happen um, and you're right he should he should be a multiple MVP already Uh but I'm pretty sure that he will be come the end of this season.
0: Yeah, it's yeah he's to lose, especially if hurts misses another week this week. But uh, I think he's all got all but wrapped that up as well. Another dominant performance on the weekend, and yeah, just incredible stats. And like you said, the game has certainly changed into a into a quarterback kind of league, and and a lot more you know more, more offense and a lot more stat kind of stuffing, I suppose you could put it. But the guy would have been a success in any era you could tell, and he's just an absolute freak mm. and. Wow. It's, we're just very lucky to witness it, I suppose, week in, week out. So let's uh, hope the ride can continue and the Chiefs can make another deep run. Uh, another interesting news and talking point this week was Terrell Owens, T.O., <laughs> at 49. <laughs> Could make a comeback. <laughs> wow. The Cowboys are desperate. I know they just signed T.Y. Hilton, but T.O. is a little bit older <laughs> than him. He's 49,
1: That's outrageous. Yeah, he, he, he is it is in he, he looks like he doesn't. He looks in good he nick, but forty-nine. Well, what's so? The first time I saw it, I was like, "This has got to be a piss take." Sure, yeah. it's going to be a piss take. April um, And then, then, I saw it on a couple, couple of different media outlets and publications. And the the funniest thing was that I saw a bunch of Cowboys fans saying, yeah. "I'd still rather take him over Ty Hilton." <laughs> <laughs> Ty Hilton was it was a Pro Bowler you know, what, four years ago. T.O. hasn't played in the NFL for a decade or thereabouts. So it, it's, yeah, spot on. Uh, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see Chad Ochocinco back in the league. I'd love to see Megatron back in the league. Uh, this It would be so cool. But, you yeah, know, I, I can't see it happening. So
0: he's playing a game called fan-controlled football right now. Yeah, and that is a seven-on-seven yeah. seven game indoor kind of football league. And he's come out of retirement to play that in the last couple of years. I don't know what he's been doing, but I'm just having a read up of it quickly now, and I don't think that's kind of great, great grounding for an NFL um, comeback. But anyway, um, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But yeah, the <laughs> Cowboys fans, I think, just they continue to surprise, don't they? Just some, they just come it, out with some. Of the it would
1: be amazing. Well, it know. would be amazing, and surely, <laughs> surely you could find someone, yeah, out of the Canadian league or the arena league or whatever to. That, that, you know, is a little bit more relevant to today's game. That's, you know, a bit more tuned in and dialed into to what the game needs now uh, physically. But, you know, it, it's, I mean, it would be amazing, although I don't really want to see him in a Cowboys. Would you weekend. have him at the Eagles? <laughs> I don't think, I'm not sure he'd get a game. No, I don't think he would be, mate. And maybe, maybe if he wants to be the third or fourth receiver over Quez Watkins that, that I'd probably take him. But uh, okay. I'm not sure T.O. wants to be the, wants to be the, the fourth guy. Goodness me! I, I just can't believe that you'd
0: be even. You, Surely, you go scouting anywhere else in the world? Any other professional athlete in the prime of their career that can run and catch a ball? Like
1: you, why would you go? Nick Rewalt's just moved to Texas. That's
0: it? Nick Rewalt's going to be a. I'd much rather a forty or late thirties Nick Rewalt over a Terrell Owens, probably right now. The way that great <laughs> man can run and, and catch a ball. So, anyway. Interesting, interesting news to come out of the week. And <laughs> one more quick talking point that we'll, we will mention is uh, another benching of a quarterback, and that's Taylor Heineke this time. And Carson Wentz has got a reprieve. Can you believe? And of course, um, another benching is Zach Wilson, which was inevitable, I suppose. And, and it's likely that he'll yeah. be moving on from the Jets in the offseason, too, which is, yeah, a big fall from Grace, considering the Jets drafted him as the number two overall pick, only only a couple of years ago, which is, yeah, <laughs> disappointing for them. But Mike White, who is a bit of a cult hero at New York, can potentially lead them to a playoffs berth. The legend will grow even more if he can do that. And and Carson Wentz gets his opportunity with the commander still in the playoff hunt too. But um, firstly, on, on Wentz, mate, how do you kind of see that decision?
1: Really weird. Really, I mean, uh, I feel it. like your old, your old mob are not <laughs> doing any quarterback any favour by just chopping and changing every couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it's 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 an unfortunate situation. Taylor Heineke is clearly not the man in Washington, but you know I think that he has generally played better than Carson Wentz when given the opportunity. One thousand um,
0: percent. It's not even a contest.
1: I, I... And and when you're when you're when you're fighting for a playoff spot, I know, I know they're they're hoping that you know in these final couple of weeks that maybe they can, yeah, you because know, they're going to need some magic, right? They're going to need something something big to happen to to, to kind of get them into that into that spot. Um, but, yeah, you know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure Wentz can do it. And from a guy who backed Carson Wentz for so many years coming off that ACL and, you know, wanted to get him back to that MVP type caliber quarterback and, and never kind of got there. Um, I'm not sure he's got the magic in him. I'm not sure he's got the magic in him. And it's unfortunate for Taylor Heineke. Um, he's shown that he's got enough to be a something NFL quarterback, probably below league average, but, you know, probably good enough to have a gig um, for a couple of years at, at, at somewhere. Um, so, yeah, I feel for Taylor Heineke a little bit. I, I do feel for Carson Wentz for a multitude of other reasons, but I'm not sure this is the right decision for uh, for the commanders. What do you think?
0: No, exactly the same boat as you, mate. I think it's really – Taylor Heineke is really hard done by, especially all the backing you kind of had from the team and, and especially Ron Rivera all season and then to kind of backflip when the team needs him the most, in a in a way where it's, you know, it's crucial couple of weeks coming up with the, with the commanders potentially making a making the playoffs and, and still well in the hunt. <clears throat> so to go away from Heineke, I mean, it, it shatters the young man's confidence, surely for one. So how does that kind of affect him? Does it Does it drive him mm-hmm. to make him better? I don't know. I don't know. It, in some people deal different, obviously, but I think it's a it's a it's the wrong move. Um, time will tell. I think Carson Wentz is. You know, had his opportunity and, and hasn't delivered, but uh, we'll see what happens. And and Mike White, I think, obviously, is the man in New York at the moment. And and, and while again, is he the man to go forward? Maybe not, but
1: but he is the man for right now, and that's he's you know, the, definitely the
0: man for right now. That's, that's definitely the right decision, and that that's was what they of, need. You see that he was kind of that was coming once White was fit, but um, yeah, the other one was a bit of a shock, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things that I had a quick look at um, prior to, to recording this show was kind of the, the QB stats in, in New York uh, this season. And in Zach Wilson's nine games as a starter, the New York Jets produced a 0.7% passing DVOA on Football Outsiders, which is not great. Uh, in the three games started by Mike White, the Jets offense has a 24.8% passing DVOA, which again, you know, is is... Not elite elite, but it's so much better than a zero point seven and and you know i think we'll, we'll talk about the jets a little bit later on when when we talk about their matchup but what what he's been able to do for their offense as a whole, not just in the passing game but also opening up room for for runners um and, and just providing some more versatility he's certainly shown that he's the man for right now, like you said, whether he's moving forward and next season and and whatever, nobody knows um but he's certainly the man right now and Again, when you when you're you're fighting for that wild card spot and you've got two more shots, then you go with the hot hand. You ride the hot hand and and hope that he can deliver. Um because so far, you know, he's 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 shown that he can, at least in the in the short term.
0: I completely agree with that. So let's quickly move on to a, a quick look at the playoff picture before we head into this week's games and of course a quick fantasy update, which is all important with the grand finals um, coming up this week in week 17 for, for all leagues. Uh, but, yeah, quickly the playoff picture. And we know it's it's getting a lot smaller and, and a lot uh, more clear, but still a lot to play out with divisions on the line in both um, both conferences. Uh, the main one in the AFC, of course, being the AFC South, which, funnily enough, Jacksonville Jaguars now have a complete control over that at 7-8, equal with the Titans, of course, but... The Jags have got mm-hmm. the the lowly Texans, who have only got two wins to their name this week, followed by that game against the Titans, which could um, could seal it. But the Titans could almost be out of it this week if they if they get pumped by the Cowboys, and which we are predicting that they will. So yeah, it's a bad bad fall from grace for the Titans, who have lost five in a row or, or thereabouts. I think it's five, uh, it could be four, but definitely uh, four or five in the loss uh, losses in a row. And you would not have bet against the Titans winning that division um, only a month ago. So. But no, officially, only four teams are eliminated in the AFC. The Browns, the Colts, the Broncos, and the Texans. The Raiders are still alive at six and nine, but they are good as gone. The Steelers somehow have a chance to make it and continue Mike Tomlin's incredible record. They're at seven and eight. They could win out and get in potentially. And as we mentioned off the top, the Dolphins eight and seven currently hold that seventh and final wildcard spot while the Pats and the Jets are the ones knocking on the door at seven and eight and the more likely challenges to get into the playoffs this year for the AFC. The NFC, mate, a lot more open. We've got the whole NFC East, or the NFC Beast, as we've been referring to it this year. <laughs> All four teams are in at the moment, with the Giants holding on to 6-spot, 8-6-1. and one. The Commanders 7-7-1, seven, seven, and one, just ahead of the Seahawks 7-8. The Lions shot themselves in the foot badly last week. They're still 7-8 and, and in with a shot, as are the Packers somehow. The Green Bay Packers are still alive. And then you've got the Panthers and the Saints at six nine, who could still get in by winning their division, which is incredible because obviously the Panthers are in the in the box seat there with the tiebreaker over the Bucks, and they've got the Bucks this week.
1: It's, oh, look, it, it's quite amazing that that we've got uh, three spots left to, to clinch in the NFC, and it really comes down to the NFC East and the NFC South with pretty much everybody still. Oh, and and the yeah. NFC North, like. Any anyone almost can can still seal a, a playoff berth. We've got what, three teams in the north uh, potentially with the Lions and Packers uh, hoping to join the Vikings. You've got uh, out of the west um, the Seahawks and in the south you've got the Panthers, Saints uh, a, as well. So it's just, I mean, it's it's an amazing couple of weeks that, that we can look forward to because so much can change almost week to week for the next few um, and you know there, there could be some quite serious movement in uh, in a couple of these couple of these places because you know as much as we thought that the bucks would romp it in 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 the NFC South you know they haven't done that uh, and they've they've kept it wide open for the, the Panthers and, and the Saints to to some extent although they haven't looked like uh they're much of a shot but the, the Panthers at the moment kind of own the series they're, they're one zip on on the Bucks, and and obviously they play this week, um, you know, if the Panthers win that, then all of a sudden it's real, real, real shaky for the Bucks. So, um, look, there's, there's still a couple of real big question marks in, in both these divisions, in both these conferences.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And, and it's incredible to think that the Bucs have just pulled out some last gasp wins a couple, you know, the last couple of weeks, obviously against the Saints a few weeks ago, and then again against the Cardinals. Where And we know that game against the Rams we saw. So it's just been you know, where Tom Brady's kind of found some magic late in the game, but God, they've been ugly to watch the bus So game. ugly, just, so ugly. You'd think that would have turned it by now. And I just, yeah, it's it's not looking good. And they realistically will get hammered, even if they do make it, you think, in the first week, <laughs> um, which would potentially be a matchup against someone like a, a San Francisco, uh, um, sorry, not a San Francisco, sorry, against the Dallas Cowboys, of Could course. Could be the Cowboys, um, yep. It'll be the Cowboys, of course. Whoever wins that NFC South will be hosting the Cowboys. You'd think, well, it could be even the Eagles, mate. We won't go there, though. It
1: could could be, but yeah, I, I, think, I think Eagles clinch this week. But uh, <laughs> we'll move
0: on, mate. Let's talk more positive news. The fantasy lens—it's hugely important this week for for everyone that plays NFL fantasy. It's grand final week for all. Lucky of us, lucky enough, um, we're in. We had an absolute stinker last week, but we got in. Um, lucky we were on the right side of the bracket in the semi-finals because we would have lost uh, if we were on the other side. Um, both teams scored more than us, but thankfully we're on the right side. and that, We deserve that because we did finish top of the ladder, so we, we got lucky.
1: That is, I guess, somewhat different to the way most of the seasons panned out because we've been the highest scorers almost all season. Uh, I think we, we started zip and two. And we ended the season 11 and three. Uh had the week off, had the week off. It's much needed rest. And then, uh, just, just snuck past. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks to the charges on, uh, on Tuesday morning to, uh, to get us, get us through because we needed, we needed every bit of Austin Eckler's two touchdown performance to, to get us there. But, uh, we did. We made it, and we're there. And, and we're actually projected to to win this week. We uh, I, I know that we did have a stinker, and and both those teams on the other side outscored us. But we are projected to win, 129 to 121 this week. And I'm just hoping that that we get get some big games from our our studs because we we kind of missed it last week outside of uh, Eklund. Well, the,
0: the the conundrum for us, I think, um, and we need some help from the listeners again is. Do you play Justin Herbert? He was so bad against the Colts. I know he didn't throw a touchdown. I think he only scored five or six points, but luckily enough, we've got – had Eckler to get us over the line. But what do we do? Do we play Geno, who's sitting on our bench against the Jets, who are a great defense, we know? Yeah. Or do we just stick fat with, with Justin Herbert um, against the Rams this week? I, I think we probably probably owe Justin Herbert another game and, and probably play him in the final. The, the other one is, I mean, Devin Singletary – was on our bench last week. Scored over thirty points, probably his yeah. biggest game in in years. Uh, but um, yeah, do we do we ride the hot hand there and play him against uh, who are they playing? I think it's Cincinnati, isn't it? So that's going to be an absolute baltar of a game. But do you wait till Monday night football to, to leave it all on De- Devin Singletary and <laughs> to win Winning for us, I'm not sure. We'll have to have those. Yeah, it's it's
1: a real it's it's a real tough one. We, and we chose we chose poorly. We, we've had in a couple of weeks when we've had some big decisions to make. We, we chose really well playing Gino over over Herbert. Uh, three or four weeks ago, uh, we made the wrong call playing Zonovan Knight over uh Devin Singletary last week. Uh, but like you said, Singletary hadn't had a game like that all year. Uh, Zonovan Knight's been pretty good, but I think we've kind of worked out that he needs Mike White. He needs Mike White, and he's got him back this week. So yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit a little bit later on. But um, yeah, look, I, I think my my theory for. For the, the Super Bowl, the fantasy Super Bowl is that you play your stud, yeah. you play your studs, and and Justin Herbert's our stud QB. Yeah, uh, you know, the the Rams defense is not is not the Rams defense of old. They looked like it against the Broncos, but that was the Broncos. They did, but it's the Broncos' offense, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, some question marks there, but you know, like you said, the the uh, the Seahawks and, and Gino playing playing the Jets, and the Jets are uh, you know a top five defense. Um and yeah, Gino hasn't been hasn't been the first half of the season, Gino either over the last month or so. So yeah, I th- in my opinion, yeah, I in think- my opinion, we've got to go, we've got to go Herb. But maybe maybe we'll put it out to the listeners again.
0: Yeah, we might have to ask a few questions in the flex, but I think Herbert's the guy to play for sure. And um. I think Travis Kelsey wins it this week. I reckon he'll have a two or three touchdown performance, and he gets us over the line. I think that's where we we bank our points. Ooh. But quick story on the Rams defense and uh, and a different fantasy league is that uh, I risked it for the biscuit in my semi final in another league. With I've had Philly defense all year; and they've been phenomenal, best best scoring defense in the league. And, I went, you know what? I'm going to give Cowboys a pretty potent offense. I'm going to put them on the bench. And then they started with that pick six, and I could not believe what was going on. But they scored 14 despite allowing 40 points. So I'm like, fuck, that's a good score, a very good score. Over 10 in defense is huge. So I had already drafted in the Rams, and had already picked the Rams defense because I hated that, that matchup for Denver, and I just wanted the Rams defense to go ham. And that's exactly what they did. They scored me 23 points. Um, won me that game. I think ended up being a bit of a blowout in the end. I think I won by about twenty, which was not always the case. So I think I was projected to lose at the start of the week. So um, but that certainly helped. And I think, yeah, that you know, streaming and defenses are always really valuable. And that's probably probably decision we need to make this week, mate, is yeah, do we do we stick fat with the commanders defense we've currently got? We've we've streamed defenses most of the year, but um yeah, what do we do this week? Do we make the move on the waiver? Wire? I don't know who's available, but that Commanders defense against the Browns offense isn't too bad, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I think it I think it's fairly solid. Uh, and let's have a let's have a quick look at the uh, at the waiver wire, but I'm not sure I'm not sure at this stage of the season we're going to get we're going to get much better than the Commanders against the Browns. Uh I mean the Jets are there. The Jets are there at, at Seattle, Jacksonville at Houston. Uh, the Colts, at the Giants they I mean, the Rams are still there. The Rams are still there against the Chargers, and I guess it depends. Yeah, for us, we can't, we, we can't play Herbert and play the Rams defense, can we? Like that's just no, no. I think silly. I
0: think the Jags are a very viable option there. The, the, Jags option. And, uh, the Jags
1: are an option. The Jags are an option. I think the yeah, Jets the Jets are an uh, option we, too. We
0: Jets as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Jets
1: Jets are an option too. So a little little bit to think about. Um, finally, Miami are there as well against the New England offense, and I'm not expecting much. Out of Miami, uh, like I said, I think the Pats win this week, but that doesn't mean that there's going to be a whole lot of points scored. And I think that you know, Miami's defense can can probably do some stuff against uh, against that Pats offense as well. So th- there's some options there for us, and we'll, we'll just have to have a bit of a think. Good good
0: questions to be asking, I suppose. We're, we're very lucky to be in the, the championship game, mate, and it'd be um, unreal to do it first up with our co- co-managing this year to, to, to snatch a title that'd be pretty cool um and yeah thanks to the listeners who invited us to the league as well we really appreciate it firstly um yeah it's been a lot of fun so we really do appreciate it now a quick whip around the grounds mate um last week we thankfully got our lock up even though we almost had that debacle with the lions but thankfully we avoided them as our lock of the week and we we chose well. We chose the Bengals who were a minus three favourite and they led by 22-0 when feet were up and everything was cruising and then the Pats had a, two chances to, to, to snatch victory and you know, realistically probably should have. I mean, there was, if not for a Ramondre Stevenson fumble, it could have <laughs> turned very nasty for, for our um, lock of the week but thankfully the Bengals held firm and as you mentioned at, at the top um, before we came on air, that's what good teams do. They find ways to win and, and that's what the Bengals did and they stayed hot and and we rolled in and uh, won lock of the week. So back to seven and seven, mate.
1: No one remembers how you get it done, as long as you get it done. And we we got it done last week. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully we got it done. So we're back at back to seven and seven. But you you had a had a pretty good week. I think you had five five official podcast bets, and you got three of them up. So that was a pretty good week for you. Like Take that. Take and fifty percent. Uh, yeah, well, it certainly wasn't uh, wasn't fifty percent for me. But in uh, in the overs and unders, uh, again went pretty well. So I might have to make that my. Uh, I have to make that my thing moving forward. Maybe next year that's... Uh, Mate, you're
0: very good at the over-unders. You've actually had a phenomenal year on the over-unders, actually.
1: Yeah, I might have to have a look back and, and just do some numbers in, in the week off maybe and and see see kind of how things how things played out over the course of the season. But it's a lot of work and I don't know if I can be bothered doing it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we do need to go back and do an ep- a quick episode and recap of our pre-season predictions at some stage. So we'll definitely get that out and, and have maybe have a look at some of the bets we had as well this year. But... Like you said, it is a lot of work to go through all the documents, but um, we haven't been tracking it as, as much as we probably have in years past. But anyway, we'll move on. Let's get stuck into the week 16 games. Week 17, I should say. It's week 17. I always get that confusing with now that the extra game. So it's week 17, the, the penultimate week of the season. Obviously, no buys this week. And we kick off with Thursday night football. Uh, so tomorrow morning, our time here, of course, in Melbourne. It's Dallas up against the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee Cowboys, big favorites, minus 12 and a half, total 39 and a
1: half. Yeah, it's a really interesting matchup. I mean, it's not something that I have a particular play in, but just from a, a pure football perspective, the Titans lose, Jags win later in the weekend, all of a sudden Jacksonville are a game up on the Titans in the AFC South, Dallas win here, and all of a sudden they're just a game behind the Eagles in the NFC East, and, and obviously the Eagles play the Saints later in the week. Uh, Tennessee clearly. I mean, the amount of injuries again w- w- it seems like we, we do this every year, but they're in no shape to win this one. They're missing Tannehill for the rest of the year now. Uh means they're going to run it even more than usual, uh, probably less efficiently than usual as well, but Dallas are really good at stopping the run. They're ranked 5th in DVOA rush defense, 5th in rush touchdown percentage. Uh that said, it was a it was a really really tough game for the Cowboys that you know you mentioned last week. Um, and they would have liked to have a couple of extra days off. I'm not sure that they're going to love playing Thursday night football after that Eagles Christmas Day matchup or or Christmas Eve matchup over there. Um, They would have loved a couple of extra days rest, and uh, I'm not sure that I can play it. At at the current lines at at 12.5 and and the total of 39.5, I'm not sure I can play this one. How about you?
0: No, it's a definite stay out. It's a a pretty ugly game just for the fact of Tennessee now – you know, world of hurt just because of those injuries. And I mean Malik Willis is, is clearly not up to um, NFL level yet. I mean he had a, an absolute stinker against the Texans, which, you know, the Titans were still in control of and until Derrick Henry kind of hurt himself and um two like interceptions by Willis, and of course the Texans snuck out a win, which I was really dirty on myself that I didn't back the Texans last week or at least tip them. I thought they were they were due. That obviously put in some really good performances against the Eagles. Uh sorry, not the Eagles, the Cowboys and the Chiefs. Pushing them to those two playoff teams all the way, and you know the Texans have showed a bit of bit of fight the last couple of weeks, and and have certainly they, despite kind of looking like they've been staring down the barrel of the number one pick all season, they they've showed a bit of, bit of something, maybe some positive signs going into next year. But the Titans essentially lost their season last week by losing that game because they won't be beating the Cowboys here. If the Jags go out and beat Houston on the weekend, that'll clinch the AFC South. For the Jags, uh, I know there will be a game ahead, but holding the tiebreaker over the Titans, it won't. It'll mean that the Titans, even if they do beat them in Week 18, the Jags will get in. So, yeah, a disaster for the Titans to be to lose that
1: division. So, what what, what happens? So, currently, currently the Jags have the tiebreaker, but if they split the series, if the Titans win next week and even it up, uh, in record and. In the tiebreaker, what happens then? Goes to
0: division record, and I think the Jags have that. Uh, especially if they win this week, um, <clears throat> oh, three, two, four, yeah, good. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm speaking ahead of terms there. Maybe the Jags can't clinch this week because
1: I, I, thought that as well, and then I realised that if, if they do lose this one, uh, sorry, if they win this one but then lose next week. Then they split the the season series. They split the tiebreaker, and then I wasn't sure what happened. It would go on under um, these new playoff rules. Yeah, it so. would go
0: on their division record, which you know, if things play out as we expect, um, and the Jags win this week and the Titans lose, uh, that would both give them a. Yeah, uh, actually, the Titans might be able to sneak in that way with a with a fourth division win cool. over the Jags. So, yeah, a lot to play out in. I mean, that would
1: be very lucky. That'll be very lucky for the Titans. That but, yeah, an
0: absolute disaster for the Titans. Titans for the Titans. Sitting pretty at 7-3, and three, like I said, now 7-8. and eight. They've lost five on the bounce, and, yeah, I don't see them beating the Cowboys this week, especially even if even if the Cowboys potentially rest some guys. I know there's still a chance, a very slim chance, mate, to take your NFC's crown. I think they're happy that they're going to be making the playoffs. And, and to be honest, a wild-card game, no pressure, going on the road against the NFC South winner doesn't sound too too bad for the Cowboys. I know obviously if they don't host a playoff game it means they're on the road for the whole whole season but uh the whole playoff but um it wouldn't be the worst thing for the Cowboys to get away from AT&T Stadium in the playoffs because they haven't had much success there in recent seasons. So yeah, the Cowboys will win comfortably tomorrow. Definitely not a game I want to want to invest in um but yeah, some some still key stakes especially for the fantasy perspective for us with guys like Tony Pollard and potentially Michael Gallup as well. So plenty to look for in this game, but uh, definitely not a play for either of us in this one. Moving on to a massive Monday morning, there is a bunch of 5am slates with, uh, and they kick off first thing this time with the, um, just lost my run sheet, sorry. (laughs) They kick off with the Carolina, Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, a massive game which could decide the NFC South. The Bucks go in though as minus three favorites at home. The total is forty and a half, mate.
1: It's still really hard to get a read on, on both of these teams. I, I feel like, you know, if, if you go just on name recognition and, you know, I, I guess what each of these franchises stand for and, and where they're at, that it's kind of the perfect time for, for Brady and the Bucks to come out and give the Panthers a whooping. But yeah, you know, they should, given everything, you know, the, the players available, you know, where where they're playing a whole bunch of things you know the bucks are the the more credentialed team they should absolutely smash the panthers here but the the divisions on the line can you trust the bucks at this stage of the season given what we've seen so far i don't think i can given the panthers with a win take the lead in the nfc south given the same record but you know if they win this one they they own the series two zip like we were just talking about with uh with the Jags and. Uh, and the Titans potentially, Um, the Panthers would own the tiebreaker. uh, And so that just makes this one a a bit of a stay out for me because I think there's too much on the line and they're both just pretty average teams. And, And I'm not sure either of them deserve to be in the playoffs to be brutally honest. Oh, I completely agree with that.
0: I mean, we were looking at potentially the Panthers being a, a one or two win team at one stage of the season when Matt Rule got fired and Baker Mayfield left and all things kind of happened. It's been a bit of a tumultuous season for the Panthers, but all of a sudden McCaffrey. Steve Wilkes, the interim coach, who had a really bad record in his one season as a, as a full-time head coach in the NFL, has turned things around and all of a sudden the Panthers are knocking on the door of the playoffs, which is just, you know, Unimaginable, you know. You know, looking back ten weeks ago, but the Bucks are bad. They're really, really bad. And and the fact that they, yeah, like you said, they could sneak in with a seven win season or something like that. It's sickening because they just don't deserve it. They've been so poor and so lucky that the NFC South has been a disaster all season. But with the amount of talent they've got, the fact that they're still not scoring points or Beating teams comfortable. I mean, they had to pull out another miracle to beat Arizona. Arizona, who were playing a third string quarterback last week against Tom Brady. Like, it was just disgusting. And thankfully, I didn't see a second of that game. I just watched the box score and couldn't (laughs) believe what was going on. But Carolina a huge chance to win this. I mean, they had an unbelievable day last week. 320 yards on the ground, if you don't mind. A franchise record. They just ran all over the Detroit Lions. And while this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is a lot better against the run than the Lions. They're not, I mean, they're not that much better. I mean, they've, they've, they're certainly not out of the question that the Panthers could just destroy them with the run game again, like they did um, earlier in the season. And that Panthers defense was smothering. They, they held the Bucks to three points, three scoreless quarters. Uh, You know, they just dominated that contest. And that was um, when the Panthers were, yeah, in a bit of a hole and in looking like a disastrous season. So, Anything could happen in this one, and there's completely why we are both staying out of this one. It's an absolute no play, and but who knows? Really, who knows with this? The the Pan- the Bucks have actually smashed the Panthers the last two times they've played at Raymond James Stadium. The uh, the aggregate score, sorry, the cumulative score was seventy two thirty four in those two games. So, uh, you know, it wouldn't be surprising if the Bucks came out and absolutely pumped them, but. Um, I'm certainly more inclined to think that it's going to be a close one and a, a low-scoring game, but certainly staying out of that yep. one. Uh, no play for this one, and probably likely for this one too. The next one, Cleveland Browns, the eliminated Cleveland Browns, up against the Washington Commanders, who do need to win to stay in that playoff spot. The Commanders go in as only one-and-a-half-point favourites, and the total is 40-and-a-half, Nick.
1: Yeah, I just don't, I don't care about this game, other than the fact that I'd, I would... I want Cleveland to win because I don't want Washington to win, but I don't want Deshaun Jackson uh, Deshaun Watson to win. So that way I won't I don't know. I I just don't care. But I think it's gonna be low scoring. Uh so I'm playing under forty and a half. These two offenses are both trash. Um yeah, under forty and a half for me, but that's about it.
0: Yeah, and look the commanders have gone a bit stale of late as well. I mean they've won six of their last seven or sorry, they had won six of their last seven before they um obviously tied with the Giants and then um And then now I've lost two straight, but they're still in the uh, final NFC playoff spot at the moment. However, like we mentioned, Taylor Heineke has been benched for Carson Wentz, but the Washington defense is great, and that's what we've kind of spoke about about fantasy. They haven't allowed more; uh, they've only allowed twenty-five points or more twice this season. And to be fair, that Cleveland offense has looked pretty disastrous since um, the Sean Watson stepped in. It's probably been worse since he's come on board. Um, Certainly worse than what it was with with um, Jacoby Brissett and they've only averaged 11 points in their last three matches, Cleveland. But uh, yeah, I, I just, yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm pretty much in the same boat as you mate. don't really care for it. Um, the old mob can, can probably win this game and should win this game and, and give them <laughs> one step closer to a playoff run. But yeah, could not care less about this game. Like you said, mate. And, um, lack of fairness implications for us in a way, but yeah, we'll have to see what we do with the commanders defense if we if we play them and it might be a closer watch if we do, but um at this Possibly, stage. But it's, even
1: then it's probably probably a watch on uh on Twitter or yeah. something. Just just to kinda of keep track of the score more than anything else. I I can't imagine a scenario where at five o'clock Monday morning I'm switching on going, I can't wait to watch the Browns and the Commanders. Fuck me dead. Like, not there's not a chance in hell, not a chance in hell will I be watching that game? Well, one game you might
0: be watching, mate, and it's the uh, the next one on the slate here. It's the New Orleans Saints up against your Philly Eagles. Philly going is only minus six favorites. The total forty three and a half. Obviously, the big question mark around Jalen Hurts. What do you think, mate? Do you think he'll get up and play?
1: I, I really don't know. I really don't know. And it was funny last week, as as we spoke about it this time last week, that I kept saying that I, I really don't know. Like I, I I feel like there's still a really strong chance that he could play last week. Everything Nick Siriani's saying is right. That you know you never count him out. Blah blah blah. And literally, I reckon two hours after we stopped recording, Sirianni Karen said Nut nah, Hurts is not playing. So, <laughs> you know he's been saying all the right things again this week. You never count him out. Like he he had a had a great presser this morning or late last night where he said you know if, if you challenge Jalen Hurts to to a game of basketball he'll he'll whoop you on the court if you challenge him to a game of baseball he'll whoop you on the diamond if you challenge him to, to throw footballs he'll whoop you on the on the football field and he you know he's just a beast and his body recovers quicker than everybody else's cuz he's just a beast so you know does that mean he plays i, I hope so but I, I said to you off air yeah you know, before we started recording that i still feel like if not for a couple of dumb turnovers yeah. um, and, and real dumb plays, which you can kind of forgive a backup QB that's played very little for, for a long time, um, that that stuff's going to happen. But we should have beaten the Cowboys last week. I mean, it's, it's plain and simple. We should have beaten the Cowboys last week, even with Gardner Minshew without Jalen Hurts. Uh, we're missing a number of players. You know, our, our secondary had, had some guys out. Defensive line had some guys out. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that we still should have beaten the Cowboys. And, and the fact that, you know, we lost to them in the in the way that we did where with 20 seconds to go, we're still a shot to win that game. Um, I think bodes really well uh, for a playoff run. I think we beat the Saints regardless of whether it's Hurts or Minshew. Uh, I, if I bet Eagles games, I would probably take the minus six because I think, you know, the Cowboys are a different beast to to the Saints. Uh, I think even with Minshew, I think win by a touchdown, should win by a touchdown. But if Hurts plays, then that's a definite play. Uh, but for obvious reasons, no play from me. But I did want to mention that it's even more important for the Eagles given we have the Saints' first-round draft pick. So that's currently sitting at number 10. And you know a couple more losses for the Saints could potentially drift uh, a little higher.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's huge, isn't it? The um, And the Eagles players and, and franchise will be acutely aware of that and, and no doubt will kind of give them a bit more added incentive to go out and, and win this one. And and I think you said all the right things exactly right. If they can go almost beat the Cowboys in their own building um, with Gardner Minshew still having a shot with 20 seconds to go and, and like you said if it wasn't for those dumb turnovers you would have won. Um, the Saints still haven't proven anything this year. I think they're a really bad team and they somehow stay alive because of their division and they'll be hoping that the Bucks lose to the Panthers to keep their hopes alive. But regardless of that result, I don't think the Saints can beat the Eagles this week, regardless, like you said, who's starting at quarterback. And minus six is quite tempting indeed. But uh, I'm going to take your advice and stay out with a no play, mate. But um,
1: Never really bet on the Eagles. Really they should Eagles. be
0: winning and, and clinching the NFC East crown <clears throat> at home this week, which will be a great celebration for all. Eagles fans at the game, so let's. I hope think re- good.
1: also, regardless, um, all, all those guys that played last week, regardless of situation, who's in, who's out, you hate losing the Cowboys. Doesn't matter what the situation is, you know, you hate losing the Cowboys, and and I feel like they're going to come out and just hopefully get some revenge. They, they've they've all kind of come out individually um, on on social media saying that you know, watch us bounce back this week, watch it happen, like. And they've shown us all year that when they want to make it happen, they'll make it happen. So uh yeah, it could be could be a beat down of the Saints and I hope it is, but you know, it's one of those one of those ones, isn't it? Yeah, fingers crossed for you, the mate. Eagles. I think I think it's um, more likely the
0: more likely than not, to be honest, that yeah. it'll be a pretty big Philly win. But uh a game that's a lot less significant is two teams that are out of playoff contention. It's mm-hmm. Arizona at Atlanta. The Falcons minus three at home, total forty two and a half.
1: Another meaningless game, like you said. Both teams officially eliminated. Nothing to play for except pride or draft picks. (laughs) No thanks from me. No play for me. Anything you got in this one? No, don't want to talk about it. Crap game. Shit. Cool. I'm filthy
0: with Atlanta (laughs) because they're going to definitely finish the season with five wins and five wins only. Uh, And that will come back to Eddie Pinheiro. Costing me a lot of money. But anyway. we'll the scotch that you're going to give me eventually will, will help ease the pain a little bit. Um,
1: but, well, when yeah. when we get when we get paid our uh, our fantasy winnings, yeah, I'll, I'll send you the scotch because you didn't yes. pay your half. I, I paid that in full. So oh, you did too. Yes. I, didn't I ever
0: give you that money? <laughs> Fuck, I'm sorry. No, but yes, that's no. um, well,
1: that that very high stakes, high um, stakes entry fee uh, <laughs> that you paid zero percent of. Oh, here we um, go. That's all right, mate. Well, I'll, I'll get your coffee, or something. When we catch up uh, when
0: we're back at work next, week. Oh, next I'm, week. I'm sure we'll catch next up year soon. And, I'm sure um, we'll catch up soon. Yeah, we'll do that. But uh, no, but when
1: when when we win fantasy, we'll uh, yeah we'll, we'll have to have a, a celebration. Uh, have a dream. for
0: sure, and yep. hopefully yep. they give us a trophy and whiskey. Out of. <laughs> but anyway, we'll move on. This is an interesting one. Um, big implications, of course, with the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to Houston to take on the Texans. Jags minus four and a half points, total 43 and a half, mate.
1: Huge implications. Huge implications. I'm not sure anybody would have seen the Jags being on the verge of their first Mm. playoff appearance uh, since January 2018 when we started doing our kind of season previews uh, early this year. You can imagine they're going to be pretty pumped about that uh, given they're also still in the hunt to actually win the division as, as we've already touched on again not something that either of us picked we you know we both had a different winner it was one of the, I think was it the only the only division we we went head to head on uh, in terms of division winners preseason and we could both be wrong so you know the the Texans can clinch the number one draft pick in this one uh the Jags can go pretty close to clinching the division with a win here so you know, I'm not sure that there's too much to think about. The Texans beat the Jags back in week five. Jacksonville will want revenge here. They've shown that they're a much better team than what they dished up earlier in the season. Uh, And they're going to want to obviously put themselves in the best possible place ahead of next week's clash with the Titans. Uh, And to do that, they've got to win. So the Jags minus four and a half for me. What have you got?
0: Yeah, look, I I really want to touch base with our mate James Roseborn, who was quite keen on the Jags. I know... At the start of the season and definitely again halfway through the season. So I'm not sure what price he would have locked in, but I I think he's got a, a ticket on the Jags winning the AFC South, which will be huge. But pretty flat that but-
1: Well, that's two years in a row because I think he was I think he was big on the Bengals last year as well. And I, I know they didn't win the division, but mm. you know, we, we obviously know what, what Cincinnati did in the tail end of last year and, and if he's able to do it again. I mean it just goes to show what a guru he is and uh maybe we should just get him just talking for an hour. I don't so he bother his, yeah, I don't know if we book. should
0: bother crapping on because, yeah, he, he is the guru, like you said, mate. But I'm um, pretty flat about <laughs> it that the only division, like you said, in our preseason predictions that we actually differed from one another was this one. And the Titans were done for all money. They were getting me up to a 1-0 victory. And yep. uh, unfortunately, it's going to be a nil or stalemate, I think. <laughs> I
1: I was I was so flat because I was super yeah. high on the Colts. And I was so, I was so flat that you had me. <laughs> You had me dead to rights. And now, like, I'm grinning like the Cheshire cat because, like, it's so good. It's so good that you won't win this either. Well, Well, maybe maybe not. You're still alive.
0: You're still alive. have actually beaten the Jags for nine consecutive games. That is a ridiculous record for the Texans who have been a basket case the last couple of years. I know the Jags have been too, but... Nine straight wins, including this season, as you've already mentioned. Nine wins against the Texans. Uh, sorry, against the Jags. So
1: they have they have both been awful. Yes. and and the Jags have been awful for longer than the Texans have. The Texans were pretty good. Like let's not forget, like two and a yeah, half, true. three years ago, the Texans were pretty good.
0: Uh, look, the the Jags. though
1: they they had a man called DeAndre yes, Hopkins. And
0: a, a yeah, a, a, a pre. Everything, Deshaun Watson, who was uh, pretty damn good as well. But anyway, we'll move on. And they had a guy called JJ Watt, which we mentioned earlier. But anyway, the Jags, though, also true, going on this three-game winning streak, they are being lights out on offense. Four hundred thirty-two yards per game, thirty-one point seven points. Trevor Lawrence has well and truly arrived in the NFL, hasn't he? And look, um, the defense has been great too. Um, uh, so yeah, it's been a really impressive stand for the for the Jacksonville Jaguars who spent a shitload of money in off season it must be said they they went after free agents and they got what they needed they didn't really land a huge fish like i mean the biggest signing was probably Christian Kirk who's well he's been very solid I was going to
1: say he's got to come been back been very shit. solid
0: and look he they went out and splashed a lot of cash uh, they've obviously made a great hire in Doug Peterson they've changed the culture of that place they've gutted it out with some some really bad eggs that were in that building last year and um, you know they had the number one overall pick in Trayvon Walker as well, who's been solid but not certainly not spectacular. But he's only going to improve next year, you think? And there's a lot of nice pieces in Jacksonville with some some key some key pieces, and of course Travis Etienne, Etienne, um, who's essentially been a rookie this year with with him missing all of last year. So good signs for the Jags. They should win. Hopefully they snap that losing streak. I also like them uh, minus four and a half in this one, mate. I, I am worried now looking back at that streak, but. I think um, I think the Jags do it, and just a quick shout out to Damian Pierce for the for the Texans, who's only 61 rushing yards away from becoming the third ever Texans rookie to reach the thousand yard mark um, for his rushing um, this season. So that'll be a pretty nice milestone for him, who's who's missed a couple of games too with injury. So let's hope he can notch that. But the Jags can can get away with a bit of a a victory and a six or seven point victory, which I'm predicting. So um, yeah, happy to play the minus four and a half two, mate. Uh, Let's move on to the NFC North battle, a huge one, of course, for the Detroit Lions, who we don't want to really talk about, but the Chicago Bears travel to Detroit to take on the Lions, Lions minus five and a half point favorites, 50 and two and a half is the line, but yeah, it's an absolute no play, especially with what the Lions did to me last week, or both of us, we both were super keen on them um, to beat the Panthers, and it really just undid all their kind of hard work and and where they came from. They just completely just shut the bed on defense and, and didn't give a yelper. I mean, three hundred twenty yards, so allow that is just disgusting. And you know, and look, I know they've been great on offense, and and what a what a surprise it was as well with Jared Goff. He threw three touchdowns all to a tight end named Shane Zilstra. Um, so I am not sure how many how many people started him in fantasy last week, but you got rewarded and um, in a huge week as well as fantasy, but. Um, some key Lions guys went scoreless um, who have been kind of putting up big points. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they've been great. In, and, and Jared Goff has kind of been his second coming, hasn't it? I mean, they've they've become a top 10 pass attack thanks to a, a recent a recent stretch. They've had 330-plus pass, passing yards in three of the last four games. And, you know, they need to win this game to to keep the pressure on in the NFC to potentially snag a playoff spot. And I think they will win, but there's no way I'm touching that line no way. Um, so no play for me, but fingers crossed Detroit can stay alive heading into week 18.
1: Yeah. You, you mentioned Jared Goff and you're right. It has been kind of a bit of a, a renaissance for, for Goff. And, and I think it, that must be a huge relief for, for the Lions because don't forget they've got two first rounders in the coming draft. One of which will be a top five, top six kind of pick uh, from the Rams and the uh, mm. the Matt Stafford trade. So Look, they're they're in a really good position. The Lions to really build on this season and and, and take some steps. And, and clearly, defense is is where they have to. You know, they've got to aim to to fix and and their defensive line, their secondary. They've, they've got a bunch of holes on defense that they've got to they've got to look at. But they're in a really good spot to be able to do that and and do that with early picks and and really good picks. Uh, next year they've they've done the draft fairly well over the last couple of years, so. Yeah, they're in a good spot, but fuck me, they let us down big time last week. It's just, I mean, we we didn't trust them for so long. We didn't trust them for so long. And the week, the week that we put them in, the week that we put them in, and we considered making the lock of the week. And how dumb do we feel about that this week? Because they shut the bed huge. And for the rest of this season, at least, never again. Never again. Nah,
0: nah. We'll, we'll bounce back next year, but they are in the uh, bad books for the rest of the year. They're on the list. Sure, never bet the Eagles. On the list. There's never a few teams on the list.
1: Never take the Chiefs at the uh, the minus line, and never bet the Lions. Never do it.
0: Well, it's a good segue. Let's let's skip ahead to that game now, and that's Denver at KC, Kansas City minus twelve and a half total forty four and a half. And I don't care what you tell me to do <laughs> with the Chiefs line. I think that is. I'm all over them as I was a couple of weeks ago when they played the Broncos as well, and and funnily enough. That game that they led 27-0 in, they didn't cover. So yeah. you actually have a point. But You wanted to play them last think... week,
1: I think, at the Seahawks, but didn't from memory.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I should have. Um yeah. They comfortably covered um, that. They, they were well in control of that game. But I'll play them this week against the Broncos, who were an absolute basket case. I know there's always that bounce-back factor <clears> of <throat> interim coach and things like that, and, and maybe the shackles are released. But no thanks. I, I trust... Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, and I'm just hoping Travis Kelsey goes off for for us and, and, and for the Chiefs, and I think they just hammer the Broncos and, and add more misery to their season, and minus 12.5 is not high enough for me, and, and if they get anywhere near them, I'm, I'm going to be pissed off like I was a couple of weeks ago when they, it looked dead and buried, and then all of a sudden they just got out scoring touchdowns for fun, the Broncos, but uh, they won't this week. Big win for the Chiefs, nice tune-up for the playoffs, just to cruise and um, hopefully to two or three touchdown victory, but um, yeah, I'll play it. Minus 12 and a half for me.
1: I, I hope you're right. And, and not because I think the Broncos will beat the Chiefs uh, because I think the Chiefs beat the Broncos, but I, I do think it goes over. And so a big, big, big Chiefs win goes a long way to, to getting that up. Um, you know, new coach, like you said, release the shackles, not so much about getting the win, but maybe reinvigorate the offense. And and whether it's reinvigorate the offense, whether it's, you know, maybe some of the the, the foot gets taken off the pedal or they, they release the gas on defense. I don't know what it is, but, you know, something's got to change. They can't keep doing the same old thing they've been doing all year with a new head coach. You know, they sack the coach for a reason. So switch things up, change things up. Either they're not as good defensively as they have been all season. We know that they weren't great last week uh, or offensively they're better. Either way bodes well for the overs. Uh, the Chiefs put up po- points against any defense. Uh, so we probably don't need to talk about them too much, but I hope you're right that uh, Travis Kelsey, hopefully Travis Kelsey runs in some TDs because our opponent <laughs> has, uh, our opponent in fantasy has Pat Mahomes at QB. Uh, Although Josh Allen's on the bench. So maybe he switches things up. I don't know. Um, what a luxury to have both right? of those guys. <laughs> ah, it's this is crazy. Absolutely ridiculous. But I, I do think there are points in this one. Nine of the Chiefs' 15 games have gone over 44 points. Uh, including the last matchup with Denver in Denver, which ran up 62 points. So I'm on the overs here. Uh, I'm not willing to take a Chiefs line for a, a lot of reasons, mainly because they quite often don't cover. Uh, but the overs here, I think, is is the play over 44 and a half.
0: I want to do some quick hunting uh, while we go into the next game about that Chiefs as a favourite this year. But yeah. Um... Yeah, very interesting to know. It's just bizarre to think that one guy in a, in a one-quarterback league in fantasy has both of those teams, both it's, of those quarterbacks. It's I'm not sure how that happens. but
1: Well, you did the anyway. draft. You did the draft for us, so.
0: I did, but I can't remember because <laughs> it was a keeper league. so it um surely It was a four-man could, keeper league.
1: Surely, surely he wouldn't have kept both. So of I don't know if he now. had both of them last
0: year and kept them both or he had one of them and decided to draft another one. I forgot he had one. I, I don't know where he's – where he was thinking but it's obviously boded him well he's made the final against the the, the juggernaut that is the punt return podcast so
1: <laughs>
0: anyway we'll move on what have, to one of the biggest games of the week sorry go on nick
1: i was just gonna say if you found anything about the chiefs uh chiefs as oh, favorites give me a sec, mate
0: i'll uh it'll take a little minute oh, i'll, I'll oh, come back to
1: that I th- you're the guru you're the guru at trends <laughs>
0: Oh no, nah, it's it's a bit slow tonight. On the internet, so we'll um, <laughs> we'll get onto it. But uh, Miami at New England, probably the biggest game of the week in terms of importance, I suppose, to playoff calculations. Definitely not probably the game of the week that comes in Monday Night Football, but I think it's probably one of the most important, and that's Miami at New England. The oh oh, oh, oh wait
1: paints. wait wait! Pause pause zzz, pause. <laughs> I found um, it! I found it! Wait, where are we? Kansas City this year. Against the spread as favorite. Their against the spread record is four, eight, and one. Four wins, eight yeah. losses, and a push. That's actually and that's more only that's, games they've
0: started as favorite. That's
1: games they've started as favorite, which as you'd imagine, yeah. they start most games as favorite. So correct. Yeah. Uh, that's actually more more wins than I thought with four. That's more than I that's more than I would have thought.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so five, nine and one on the year. Um, but four, nine and four, eight and one as as favorite. Yeah, huge. They have won ten of those games though. So ten of the twelve yes. games they've started as favourites, they've won, but yes. they've only covered the spread in four of them. So yeah, you, your theory holds up, mate. <laughs> theory holds up. Who there would have go. doubted you? I don't know what dickhead would have doubted you. Anyway, Good work, mate. Well found. Uh, let's move on quickly to the Miami uh, Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. Pats minus three, mate. Total forty-one and a half. What have you got for me?
1: Uh, yeah, look, a, a Pats win shakes things up in the AFC East, as we've already touched on. The Dolphins lost four in a row. They're without Tua this week. Another concussion. It doesn't it? Doesn't look good for Tua in Miami. Um, that wild card spot, which, as we said for so long, looked at least, yeah, a wild card spot looked to fate accompli, is under real danger. Um, and I am not sure how they get it done this week against this New England defense, which is legitimately a top three or four defense in the league. Uh, in the two games where Teddy Bridgewater has played over sixty percent of the offensive snaps, the totals of, the, of those games went forty-two points, which is a twelve-point loss to Cincinnati, and forty, which is an eight-point loss to Minnesota. Uh obviously the, the Pats don't have the offensive power of either, you know, the Bengals or the Vikings, but they are way, way better defensively than either of those franchises. So I I'm not sure who wins this one. I, I do lean New England. I, I think New England win this one. Uh whether they cover or not, I, I really don't know. It's that it, it feels like a really solid line at the at the field goal. Uh I think New England win. I've got no no dog in on, on the line, but the main play for me is the total. I think this goes under forty one and a half. Uh, like I said, those two Teddy Bridgewater games went 42 and 40 uh, against really good offensive teams. Uh, they're playing a really good defensive team with not much offense. I think that this goes well under 41 and a half. What do, Have you got anything in this one?
0: No, stay out for me, mate. I think it's a, a intriguing game and, and can't wait to watch it because there's just so many implications, as you mentioned. And, to see how Teddy goes as well, um, again coming off the bench and and like you said, I really hope Tua can recover and, and play Week 18. He he deserves that at the very least. He's had a an amazing year, but also a pretty rough year in terms of his his head knocks and a few other things. So let's hope uh, he can get back on the field and and be the force that the Dolphins know that he can be. But... If
1: they lose this one, if they lose this one and lose lose that wild card spot, uh. For, for now, do, do you bring tour back next week? Given the concussion issues that he's had this year,
0: it's a great question. It's a great question. I think they probably do. I mean, Jets at home, it's a must-win game. I think they want to make the at playoffs. some
1: point. There's there's a burden of responsibility, yeah. In the oh, franchise to absolutely. Look after, to I mean, look it's after obviously guy.
0: His health is paramount, so they're going to have to. Get and him.
1: and if, even if they do steal that mm. wildcard spot, like. Are they going to beat the Bengals or I don't know?
0: It's a really good point. It's a really um, interesting conundrum that Mike McDaniel and the coaching staff will have, and I think it yeah it comes down to how how Tua's feeling, I suppose, and what those scans and anything else say. But yeah, maybe maybe the the burden or the sorry the um they kind of need to protect him for his own good and, and kind of sit him. But yeah, we'll see how Teddy goes this week. They might they might roll with the hot hand if Teddy Bridgewater has a good game here, but. Mm -hmm. Um, He'll be up against it against his Patriots defense, as you mentioned, and um, the the Dolphins are in a bit of free fall, but you just know how much talent they have on that offensive side that anything could happen. So yeah, it's a stay up for me, but yeah, super intriguing contest and uh, looking forward to watching that one. Uh, The final game at the 5am slate, I am not so much looking forward to, and that's the Indianapolis Colts at the New York Giants in one of the uglier games. Of the season, probably and certainly of this week, minus five and a half. The Giants total thirty-eight and a half. And because I'm a complete sicko and just want to rub it in your face a little bit, I'm going to back the G-men this week. I think they'll 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 beat the uh, the Colts by a touchdown or more, and and just add more misery to that Colts season. Um, they are an absolute basket case. Nick Foles looked disgusting last week. Um The Giants kind of need to romp to victory. They could almost secure a spot in the playoffs, I think, with a win, potentially. I think they might secure it if they do win this week. So um, a nice win of the season. Clinching. We'll see what happens. I think other results have to go their way, but I'm tipping that will happen. So anyway, Giants will win by minus five and a half for me, mate, uh, even though I could easily regret that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, nah, look. It's, this is gross. No, nah, I, I think the Giants win because, you know, like they've done most of the year, they just get it done. But it, it's going to be super ugly. I want no part in it. It's a no play.
0: Can't blame me for that. It is a pretty ugly game. Uh, let's move on to the 8 a.m. slate. We've got two games kicking off at 8 a.m. Two games and we're both keen on. And, and it's the first one is the New York Jets at the Seattle Seahawks. The Jets go in as... Um, plus one and a half underdogs uh, Seattle
1: minus one and a half and the total is 42 and a half. Did anyone have the jets and the Seahawks on the playoff bubble at this stage of the season? I, I didn't, I from memory, <laughs> I don't think you did either. I think you had, you had the jets improving. I'm not sure you had them improving to this point. Um, it's just been incredible improvement uh, from both of these franchises uh, this season. But I mean, the, the Seahawks went on a four-game winning streak in October, November. Since then, they've won just one of their last five. I think for them, the bubble has burst. Similar for the Jets, who've lost their last four. Uh, but I do tend to feel like in these ones, it's often the better defense that comes out on top. And in this case, it's the Jets, I think quite clearly, who are they're up to third in weighted DVOA defense. They're top 10 in both pass and rush defense. Uh, with Mike White back under center, I think the New York receivers get a boost, as does... Rookie running back Zonovan Knight, who's put up 100 total yards or scored in all three of the games Mike White has started, compared to the 21 total yards and no scores in the two games Zach Wilson has started. So I think you know the, the Jets are better defensively, way better defensively. I think that they're going to improve offensively with the hot hand in Mike White coming back in, and it's going to give their their entire offense a boost. Uh, I'm I'm with the Jets here.
0: Yeah, now I must clarify, the Jets are actually the um, the favourite in this game. They're actually minus one and a half favourites, not plus one and a half. But um, we both had our run sheet that um, Jets plus one and a half. But actually, regardless of if they're underdogs or favourites, I think that minus one and a half is.
1: That must, that must have switched in the last couple of hours.
0: Well, that's generous enough for me. I, I think that if they were definitely the dog, I would be be all over them and, and even at minus one and a half I still think I'm happy to play that up probably to about two and a half for the Jets to cover there uh I know they're on the road against the Seahawks in a in a pretty loud and, and uh, hostile environment but like you said I think you go back to defenses on these kind of games and and the Jets have got that superior defense and the and the Seahawks start to have started to unravel a little bit I mean they have been a surprise packet with such a young team on offense and defense in mm. particular defense and um that's where they could get exposed this week. And um, maybe teams to figure them out a little bit. Tyler Lockett probably still will be missing as well, which limits Geno's weapons again. Um, of course, they've still got Kenneth Walker, who's been an absolute gun this year. And uh, look, he's been a little bit down the last couple of weeks. He's been carrying a bit of an injury, but uh, I think the Jets are primed here to, to make a move and hopefully continue... Their playoff push, and I think, like you said, that defense. I mean, they were disgusting last week on offense. That that was really hard to watch. Um, Zach Wilson throws. was trills, gross. Right. Um, yeah, awful. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the Jets bounce back this week and, and have a win, and yeah, I think I'll take him also minus one and a half as well, mate. So we are yep. uh, uh, on agreement there. Let's move on to another one. We're actually both keen on as well. Like I mentioned, the Niners up against the Raiders, in Las Vegas, the Niners' big favorites minus ten, total forty-one and a half, and that line obviously moved significantly once Derek Carr's benching came through, and it was pretty much in the markets that it got announced.
1: That's right, yeah, it's right, it's right. It kind of uh, a little bit like Jalen Hurts uh, last week that um, you kind of the markets moved before there was any any official announcement. So it's really interesting to see how that happens, and, and I think we're going to start seeing that more and more. Uh, you know, as you know, social media. Takes hold as you know, betting agencies and and that sort of stuff start um, prioritizing content and reporting and, and a bunch of these things. We know how we know how sharp the books are on the lines and and with the data. Uh, you know, it's only natural that they're going to look to get sharper with the news and content. So, uh, not surprising, but it is it is kind of interesting to see how that's kind of played out over the course of the season. But uh, San Francisco are the weighted number one DVOA team overall on Football outside. Is Their early season losses to the Bears and Broncos are out of the waitings now, uh, and they've been on a tear since week seven. They've won eight in a row. The Raiders, on the other hand, have only won four games from 12 going back to the start of October. Two of those four wins against the AFC Stellar Dwellers, Houston and Denver. The question marks are around Derek Carr, like you said, can Jarrett Stidham play? And I'm not sure that he can. I think he's a good backup, but he shouldn't be starting games of of football, uh, not against teams like the Niners. Anyway, can the Raiders offensive line keep Nick Bosa and company at bay? And I'm not sure that they can either. Uh, Not sure where the Raiders points are going to come from to stay in touch with San Francisco and the Niners have averaged a touch under 29 points. I think it's like 28, 28. 28.8, 28.9 points per game on their eight game win streak could quite easily eclipse that against the second worst DVOA defense in the league. Remember they need to win out to have a chance of grabbing that two seed in the NFC and taking on the lowest ranked wild card in week one of the playoffs. Um, so I think that the Niners are going to come out all guns blazing. My original bet here was the over 41 and a half. Uh, just looking at the, the average scores from the niners thinking that they could put up kind of 37, 38, 39 on their own. Uh, and so, over forty-one and a half is my main play, but I also like the Niners minus ten because I think that they are going to smash the Raiders. Uh, you agree on some or all of that?
0: All of that, mate. I think it's a, a great game to have a double at the double. I think both the minus ten and the over forty-one and a half are both good plays. I really like the overs in particular. I think the Niners will put up a bunch of points, at least potentially four touchdowns, which gets you to around that thirty-point mark and. The Raiders can squeak out a, a touchdown or two that hits it obviously. And I think I think the overs are a really good play here. I think the Niners are just electrifying at the moment. They're just wiring it all cylinders. Brock Purdy has certainly kind of almost given him another bit of sense of life over Jimmy Garoppolo and it's almost a little bit of a blessing. But Mr. Irrelevant has been super and he's started. You know, he's he's so impressive in his first couple of starts and um yeah, to be a rookie that's been, you know, with the genuinely last pick of the draft to come in and do what he's looking like a five, ten year vet, unbelievable. And uh yeah, Nick Bosa, who was my tip for the defensive player of the year at the start of the season, has been kinda of quietly going about his business, but the the back half of the season has kind of just exploded into calculations and almost has that wrapped up by, by looking at the betting markets and Michael Parsons kind of going the opposite way, but yeah, Nick Bose has been a, a dominant force and he'll have his way with that. Um, Oak, uh, Oakland, Las Vegas, uh, <laughs> offensive. We line all do this it. Year. yeah, we, we do it, it all the time. I, I know James was constantly calling him Oakland the week you missed, and I didn't want to pull him up on it because it's it is great to hear the uh, Oakland Raiders, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think that that front defensive front was just going to have their way with um. The Raiders this week, and yeah, Port Jarrett Stidham's going to be like a line. Oh, sorry, what's what's the word? But he's going to be like a just uh, hung out to dry, isn't he? A little bit in mm. terms of the the wolves are gonna sacrificial
1: be lamb, just sacrificial
0: lamb. That's the one. Yeah, not an easy first start uh, to make, no, yeah, not, to make start it to a start against the the best defense in football. So a big win for the Niners, and yeah, my main bet is the overs, but could easily have that double on the double as well, mate.
1: Couple questions on on the Niners, and, and we spoke about it. I reckon it was about a month ago when we started looking at the defensive player of the year markets, and, and we spoke about Nick Bosa being potentially the most underrated player in the league. Uh, mm. At that point, I think he was third or fourth in betting markets for for defensive player of the year. But you look at at the Niners' defense, and that Niners' defense is electric. But Nick Bosa has. 14 and a half, 15 sacks on the season, their next best is like four or three and a half or something on, on the season, which is an, an incredible discrepancy. And most most teams either have a very even spread or they've got one dominant uh, kind of sack leader. But the Niners, the, the, the difference between Nick Bosa and the rest of the field in San Francisco is is quite incredible. As you look at you know the Eagles, for example, there's no kind of one outright, but there's a bunch of guys on, yeah, between kind of 12 and eight. Um, and, and a bunch of other teams kind of, you know, they've got a bunch of guys all kind of on the same sort of number, but I still think that Nick Bosa is probably the single most important player to a single franchise uh, in the league for, for that very reason. But the other question I had for you is heading into playoffs. If Jimmy G is good to go come... Week one of the playoffs. Do you bring him back or do you keep Brock Birdie? Because Brock Purdy's been really good. He's he's been he's been calm, collected. Uh, I think he's made more plays than Jimmy G. Uh, but he's got no playoff experience. That's one thing that Jimmy G does have. He's got playoff experience. He's taken taken the Niners to the bigger stage. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's a really tough decision for. Uh, for Carl shanahan
0: yeah it's a it's a great question absolutely great question and, and not one i can answer i don't think because i i really don't know it's what would you do
1: i i kind of have to that's if, if you can hear that that's uh that's rya <laughs> thinking he's got his he's got his thinking yeah, face I, on um yeah that's
0: a great question i think i probably lean towards staying with purdy especially the way he's me too. Yeah, his poise and, and his kind of game sense at the moment has been fantastic. And nothing to take away from Jimmy Garoppolo because he has played in those big games, like you mentioned. And, you know, NFC Championship game, a Super Bowl, of course, unfortunately hasn't won either of those. Well, he did win an NFC Championship to get to the Super Bowl, of course. But, yeah, I don't know. I think he just kind of it, – it'd be a big decision to rush him back. Um, maybe not rush him back, but to come in, you know, with three, four, five, six weeks off or whatever it is before he plays. Um Think you stay with Purdy, which is yeah, correct. Incredible to think
1: it's it's amazing. But I, I completely agree, and I think it's not so much that that he's a, a rookie QB doing incredible things. It's just that he's doing the basics. It's just the fundamentals. And mm. like you said, looks like he looks like a five or ten year vet just doing the things that he needs to do to win. Um, and that means not necessarily making huge plays, but getting your playmakers involved and getting them to do the hard work and just doing the things. That keep your team ticking and and funnily enough that's the stuff that Jimmy G was doing so well on that Super Bowl run was just doing those things and and game management and team management and you know all those sorts of things that Brock Purdy looks like he's been doing for years um so yeah I I agree I'd I'd be sticking with uh sticking with Brock Purdy yeah it's a a
0: huge conundrum uh for Kyle Shanahan but yeah one we're both in agreement there and yeah, who would have thought uh, when when Jimmy G went down that we'd be kind of saying these things um, this far into the season now. But, yeah, the, the Niners look to have uh, found something with Brock Purdy and it would be interesting to see, of course, what plays out in the offseason, of course, as well. Uh, Two games at 8.25 as well. Uh, the latest slate of Monday morning uh, kicks off with the Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers, a huge NFC North showdown. The Packers, surprisingly, though, Minus three favourites, total
1: 48 and a half. Is that kind of how you see it? Yeah, it's a really tough one. The Packers, I think outside of preseason expectations, have quietly won their last three and somehow they're at seven and eight and third in the NFC North remain in the playoff hunt, like we, we touched on earlier in the show. But I'm not sure that that's enough to have them three-point favourites against the division winners. I mean, the, the Vikings aren't a great side. I've been saying it all year. They're not a great side, but they do keep finding ways to win they're sitting nicely at 12 and 3, including a two-touchdown slapping of the Packers in week one. And outside of an overtime win over the Cowboys, the Packers haven't really beaten anyone of note this season at all. They've they beat the Dolphins on a four-game losing skid, the Rams, Chicago twice, the equally mediocre seven and eight Buccaneers by two points, the no offense Patriots by three points. I can't take the Packers here at, at minus three, even at home. Uh, by a field goal over the 12 and three Vikings who have shown all year that they just get it done, whether it's close games or not, they just get it done. Uh, Minnesota plus three for me. And and I'm not saying they're going to win it because the Packers could quite easily win this by two or three or whatever. But, you know, I think the Vikings, the Vikings would feel a little bit hard done by to be three point underdogs in this one.
0: Yeah, it's, it's probably a good point. I mean, the win record would suggest that, but the way the Vikings have just kind of been squeaking over the line. I mean, they've done it all season, but yeah, the last couple of weeks have been a little bit concerning for mine. The Packers have found something, haven't they? And, and you don't kind of bet against Aaron Rodgers in these games, as I've, we have learned last week, although I think most of us would have stuck with the Dolphins <laughs> at home. However, the Packers, as bad as they've been, they're, they're still alive and, and well and truly really alive. And if they win out, they're every chance. And uh, obviously starts with a win um, this week. At home against the Vikings, who kind of touched them up, and and probably the biggest win of the Viking season, well, comfortably the biggest win of the Viking season earlier this year when they when they pants the um the Packers at home. But so a bit of a revenge on the mind for for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, who of course have owned this division for so many years, and and of course this this matchup. But yeah, I think Minnesota they're still actually fighting for the number one seed in the NFC, mate. But uh, I don't know if that'll be, um you know a chance after this week, but. Yeah, I just think it's a stay out for me. I, I really don't know how to play this one. Um a little bit surprised with the line, though, being minus three for the Packers. If I I was too. I had to play, I'd probably play the Vikings plus as well, mate, just because of how they play it and how close they keep the games. But, yeah, stay out for me. Can't be confident in this one. Um, but, yeah, really interesting game, and I'm looking forward to watching that one. Uh, another game, Battle of LA. This time it's the Rams at the Chargers hosting at SoFi Stadium. Of course, they're co-tenants, but it's the Chargers' home game in this one. Chargers minus six and a half point favorites. Total forty and a half, and it's it's a complete stay out for me. It's a gross game. The Chargers should win. They don't have much to play for though now with with a, play, a playoff clinching spot last week. They do obviously have to to fine tune as we mentioned at the top. Uh, get ready for those playoff run now. And we saw what the Rams did last week in that stadium against the Broncos. They pulled up fifty one points. Baker Mayfield putting his name out there to potentially be a starter somewhere next year. Um, Cam Akers is just all of a sudden if you stuck Mm. fat with him and kept him in fantasy, were rewarded last week with three touchdowns and he kind of looks like the Cam Akers we all thought he would be at the start of the season. I remember sitting with you in uh, week one in the opening game of the season when they were playing the Bills and they just weren't using him. And we were like, what the fuck are you doing? Run the ball with Cam Akers. I think I, I think I drank three pints in
1: frustration. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it took the week 17 until really we saw the usage increase and, um, you know, he, he kind of rewarded all his, all his faithful backers um, last week. But yeah, different story this week against uh, the Chargers, who have actually been awesome on defense the last few weeks. That is one thing they have improved on, the Chargers. Um, their defense is getting better and... I know they only played the Colts last week. They were they were pretty dominant, but uh, yeah, it's a stay out for me. It's, a, it's probably exactly the right line, and I think it's a, a stay out for myself. Yeah,
1: it's 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 a really tough one. It's The Chargers were good to me last week. Uh, they got over the line pretty comfortably in the end to cover against the Raiders, but I don't know. I, I don't want to push my luck. Uh, they have been psychotic, the Chargers, this season, and the Rams despite having a pretty woeful season, just dropped a 50 burger on the Denver defense in Denver. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a no no play for me. Um, no thanks. Yeah, moving on. I think uh, less said the better. Sunday night
0: football. This was this game. I can't remember what was in place of this, but this game has been flexed to a Sunday night football game. First time these two teams will meet in prime time for a number of years but it's one of the best rivalries in football. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens minus two and a half point favorites, the total 35 and a half. And they've kind of been the forgotten team, haven't they? The Ravens the last few weeks without mm. Lamar Jackson. And, and rightly so, they've been pretty pathetic. I mean, they only really just got the job done against the, the lowly Falcons last week. They just cannot get anything going on offense with Tyler Huntley in the, in the game. And Lamar Jackson, not there. Mark Andrews has been a shell of himself most of this year. And unfortunately had another bit of, Another quiet game. Last week, uh, their, their passing game is just non-existent at the moment. They, they are running the ball well still, of course, and that is their DNA, the Ravens. But, yeah, I, I don't know how to count the Steelers out at the moment, the way they're playing. I mean, the defense is has been huge. They are just keeping themselves in check. George Pickens and Kenny Pickett, what a combo that's been. And a sign of things. great things to come for Pittsburgh Steelers fans to have that connection there. Kenny Pickett up probably think he's done enough to, to at least be the starting quarterback for next year at the Steelers. I think he's, he's shown enough, especially in, in the last couple of games where he, he's been really efficient with the ball. Um, and yeah, has, has, has got wins. So uh, I want to play the Steelers in this one. I, I don't trust the Baltimore Ravens without Lamar Jackson. Of course, if Lamar, is going to play, then things change drastically. But he's still not practicing, I don't think. And um, the plus two and a half, I, I didn't realise you were on that too, mate. But, um, yeah, I think that looks like a bit of a, a play. I'm not hugely confident, so I, will, I won't will make it an official one. But that's if that goes up to three or three and a half, that's a definite get-on for me as
1: well. Yeah, it's funny you called, uh Baltimore kind of the forgotten team. I think most most people, most broadcasters, publishers, media agencies, whatever, kind of have a big six for, for the the season this year. You got Buffalo, Cincinnati and and the Chiefs in the AFC. You got Philadelphia, Dallas and San Francisco in the NFC. But I think Baltimore yeah. is is right up there with those with those six. But it relies so heavily on Lamar Jackson coming back, uh fit and healthy. And and like you said, he's he's still absent. That's ten in a row that he's missed. Um they did still clinch a playoff spot on Christmas last week. And so they can probably afford to give another week here, given he didn't practice today out our time yesterday, us time uh, to, to rest and recover ahead of next week's finale. Uh, And yeah, I think that, you know, if he comes next week that the Ravens can still be looking at, at a a pretty deep playoff run, but I did say, I think it was last week or, or maybe the week before how important I thought it was to get some reps in pre playoffs. And you, know, you don't want to be resting guys just for the sake of resting guys in, in the, the week or two weeks before playoffs uh, because it's really important to have that continuity. We've seen when guys come back, it, it often takes them a week or two to get get rid of the rust or sh- shake out the cobwebs and, and that sort of stuff. And I'm sure that the Ravens would love to get some miles into those wheels before the postseason rolls around. They need him at, at full strength if they're going to do any damage in, uh, in January, the Ravens. So, yeah, like I said, I don't mind the Steelers here. They've won four of their last five all in low scoring games. Uh, That one loss was to the Ravens by two points just a couple of weeks ago. They're getting back into a bit of a groove, Pittsburgh. Like you said, those young guys are starting to hit their straps. um, And it's, it's fun to watch on on offense, just the development. It's not, they're doing amazing things, but the development of this offense, you know, from week one to where we are now at the end of the season is, has been really fun. Um, It, like I said, the, the, the Ravens beat the Steelers a couple of weeks ago. It wouldn't surprise me if the result was was reversed this week. Uh prior to that game, the Steelers have beaten the Ravens the previous four times since 2020. Uh, obviously Lamar playing is the big is the big piece of the puzzle for the Ravens. So keep an eye on, on whether he's a, a late inclusion or not. But at the moment, Pittsburgh plus two and a half looks to be the play. I think it it stays under Gonna be another low scoring game under thirty-five and a half. I know it's a low total, but you know, these two teams hate each other. They're gonna be hitting really hard. Uh, not one inch of ground is gonna be given easily. Um, and so I just feel like it could be one of those kind of you know, fourteen, seventeen type games or or whatever. But um, yeah, I think it's gonna be a low scoring one and and Pittsburgh to stay within kind of a field goal and and just stay stay close if if not winning it. Um, and so that's the uh, that's a little double double on the double,
0: double at the double. Oh, I love it, especially a double
1: double at the double, if you don't mind. Double double on the double,
0: <laughs> love it. Bit of a tongue twister, but let's move on. Uh, I do like it as well, mate. I think um, the unders uh, as low as that is that it, it's almost a lock, isn't it? Like it's just there's just no offense from either of these two teams at the moment, really, especially the home side in the Ravens.
1: If if Lamar if if Lamar plays, then you expect that the that total does come out, as does the line, but yeah, how far the, that total comes out, I'm not sure. It's probably another three or four points, in which case I'll probably still play the Unders anyway.
0: I think you're right. But, um, yeah, there's no way you could play Overs in, 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 in despite that low line for either of those teams at the moment. Uh, but the game of the round comfortably, and it's probably potentially has game of the season chances as well, if all lives up to the hype. It's the Buffalo Bills up against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, huge game for this one for both teams because um, there is implications. I know the, the Bills have locked away um, the AFC East and, and potentially the Bengals can do that with the NFC North. Um, well, I don't think they can actually, even if they win, but... Huge for the Bills, especially that could lose their number one seed. But the Bengals go in with the hottest form in the league right now. Uh, they go in though a slight underdogs, plus one and a half total, forty nine and a half, mate. How do you? How do you see this one?
1: Oh, it's a great way to end the week, uh, especially coming off that Pittsburgh-Baltimore, which should be a low-scoring, you know, really tight, hard-fought affair. To, to this one, which I am hoping is going to be really open and, and offensive, kind of focused. And, and I am leaning the overs. On that. Uh, to- the total of 49.5 equates to seven touchdowns with the extra point. Uh, and you have to assume that both of these offenses are going to be playing at full capacity. The Bengals need one more win to clinch their division. Uh, they face the Ravens next week for what could be a defining clash, uh, unless they win this one. So, you know, get this one over the line and-, and they don't need to worry about next week against the Ravens. So I see them going head to head with the Bills, and seven touchdowns is very achievable between these two offenses. The Bengals averaged three and a half touchdowns per game from their offense on their seven game win streak. The bills have averaged 3.1 touchdowns on their six game win streak. Factor in a couple of field goals to, to either team and, and all things remaining equal where we're 50 plus points pretty easily. So 49 and a half overs is, uh, is my play here, but it should be, should be a great game to watch. I'm, I'm hoping that it is the game of the year uh, because everything points to that and that the talent on both teams Offensively, yeah, I think the Bengals have, are are growing defensively. As we know, the the Bills are pretty good on that that side of the field as well. So, I think I think this will be game of the year, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, can't wait for this one, mate. Uh, I think, yeah, it's got all the makings so to be game of the season vibes. And uh, why not? They're probably two of the best teams, obviously in the in the league, let alone the AFC, of course. And um, yeah, it's just going to be a huge, huge game because obviously a Bengals victory kind of throws um throws a bit of a screw in the, in the works here that Chiefs could potentially um jump up to the number one seed if the Bills lose. However, the Bengals, yeah, there's a lot on the line as well because the NFC North will be decided next week when they play the Ravens. But, of course, with their win streak and the Ravens kind of falling, they own that uh, NFC North at the moment, which would be a, a great feather in their cap considering – the start they had to the season, and of course, the unlikely Super Bowl run last year, and, and they've kind of proven that they're, they're a real team to be to be reckoned with, and potentially could represent the AFC again in the, in the biggest game of the year. So, the Bills themselves, six game win streak, they kind of flexed their muscles last week against the Bears, as I um, rightly predicted. However, that's not very often that I do predict those things right. But the Bengal, the Bills, did kind of show a <laughs> bit of um, class last week, and you know they. This is, because these teams are so good, I mean, they both rank in the top seven in scoring offence, total offence, and passing offence. So it's going to be a higher scoring shootout, you'd think. The line, though, is a nice high one at, at 49.5. I'd love to be at overs as you are, mate, and just see a, a huge shootout. Um, the teams themselves have only been below 20 points, just five times combined throughout the season. So we know that they teams will score and, and you know, they, it, the defence won't be... Um, paramount i suppose in, in this clash so let's hope it is a high scoring game but I, I couldn't pick it at the moment it's a flip of the coin uh with the bengals hosting at home uh probably gives them the edge slightly they're underdogs do you just play bengals here that's kind of one of those one of those games and we've discussed it in, in the past where you get two great teams do you mm-hmm. play the dog at home and in a small line game but uh, for me it's to stay out uh, i do hope you're right with the the overs and we see a really cool shootout but um yeah, looking forward to it. It's a great way to finish the week and, and get us tuned up. And hopefully, mate, by this time we'll be crowned fantasy winners as well. More importantly,
1: yeah, that's right, that's right. Well, here's, here's a question for you to finish the show: the Bengals, Bengals win this game, they win next week, and they take the number one seed. Is that still in the, the realm of possibility? Huge. I, I let, let's just have a. Well, quick the Chiefs look. would need to lose just, next week. They they would, yes. they would. They're not going to lose. This so week. let's have a look here. So, yeah, so the Bills Yes, the Bills and Chiefs are both twelve and three. The Bengals are eleven and four. So the Chiefs need to win need to lose one. The Bengals need to win out. And then it's possible. Yep. Then it's possible. Yep. Now that'll, that'll Let's say they it, do that'll
0: get it done for the Bengals. If the Chiefs lose <laughs> and uh, lose one or both and, and the Bengals
1: yep. win out, that'll get it done. Let's Let's say they do. Let's say that happens. Joey Burrow is now into second in MVP betting. He's into seven dollars. Right? We, we've been we've been talking about Mahomes and Hurts for three months, but if Joey Burrow takes the Bengals to the number one seed in the AFC and the first round bye, surely. He's got to be in that conversation. Everyone's still talking about Mahomes and Hurts, despite Hurts missing last week, potentially missing this week. And the con- you know, part of the argument is that you know, Hurts misses and the Eagles lose, and, and maybe it's that simple. But you know, does does that add or detract from his argument for MVP, Jalen Hurts? And and like I said, if if Joey Burrow leads the leads the Bengals to the number one seed in the AFC, like he's got to be part of that conversation, surely.
0: Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, it's been a, like I said, it's kind of been a little bit under the radar, the fact that they, they started slow. We, he certainly wasn't putting up the numbers that he finished the season with last year. And um, But it's been a turnaround for the Bengals and, and, and Joey B. So, um, yeah, uh, looking forward to kind of seeing um, how it all plays out. But, yes, yeah, it obviously starts on, on Monday Night Football. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I Maybe the team that wins this is the team to beat. I don't know. But the Chiefs are obviously sitting pretty as well. So, yeah. Uh, all to play out for, mate, in Week 17. Thanks for listening, though, everyone. I know it's been another long episode and we've we've made it this far. We really do appreciate it. But Nick and I have got carried away again. We we have missed talking football with one another, missing a couple of weeks. So <laughs> um, we appreciate you we just guys. Just love the game. That's it. Love the game. Absolutely. But, no, nah, it's been another... Fine episode. So, thanks for listening, Nick. Thank you so much for joining me, mate. Uh, in a busy week in between Christmas and New Year's where no one knows what day it is, so we almost had to postpone because we didn't know what was going on, what day it was. So.
1: No, no, appreciate it. And this, this uh, hosting gig for you, look, I think it looks good. I think we kind of handed, handed over hosting range to you mid season when uh, when I was crook and. Uh, I think every week it's just been like, "You're going to host again, please, please host again," and, <laughs> and he, you have, well, and I think you've done a great job. It was just, um, just I, did, I didn't it. ask this week; you just did it, which was great. So, yeah, awesome. Well, no, I think it's been good. I think it's been good, and, and I think it's been a really good show, pretty much most of the year when we've you know actually gotten up to do it, and we've missed a few episodes this year, but uh, I think it's been a pretty good show.
0: Well, mate, let's uh, before we do sign off, we haven't chosen a lock. We need do need to do that. Good call. Very good. And I'm Very good call. Quite undecided this week. There's a few it's we a agree on? But there aren't.
1: Yeah, it's, there are a Tough one. Many. There, there's. Oh, I mean, we've got the Jags. We've got the Jags at minus four and a half over Houston. But can you take the Jags at as a lock this time of year? I'm, I'm, I don't know. Uh, the Jets. Yes. So, so yes. Yeah, so when so when I put this together earlier in the day, the Jets were the underdogs. That's so, yeah, plus one and a half to minus one and a half. I don't know, surely it wasn't my money. <laughs> um, I don't know the Niners, Niners, yeah. Raiders. Either the either the Niners minus ten or the overs.
0: Yeah, that could be the game. I reckon I'm I'm kind of circling as well, mate. To think that that could be the one to play. So. Um yeah.
1: How many how many overunders have we had as lock this I don't year? think we've Not had any. one
0: this year. I think we tried to stay away from him because we, we were disaster- we were real bad at him last year. So um we maybe but, let's let's yeah, go out for a, for a, with a bang and, and try and
1: nail one. All right, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Let's go. Hail Mary. <laughs> Hail Mary, week seventeen. San Francisco at Las Vegas Raiders over 41 and a half. Lock of the week. Locked in, Eddie. Locked in. This is to break, to break the push. This is to go 8-7 up. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter uh, at Punt Return Podcast, on Facebook, Punt Return Podcast, on Instagram at NFL Podcast, uh, and pretty much everywhere else. Just look out for the punt return and uh Just let us know if there's anything you do want us to talk about. Obviously, we can talk about a lot of things for a long time, uh, as you probably understand if you've listened to this show this year. So, yeah, if there's anything you want to hear from us, just let us know and we'll probably talk about it because we love it. So let us know
0: yeah absolutely great way to finish mate thank you for for doing that so you're back to your old hosting duties by running through all the the social stuff that's stuff i need to get back to drill into myself so i can cover that (laughs) off (laughs) i haven't done it for uh, a while appreciate you jumping in and and doing that mate but yeah thanks for listening everyone and and thanks for joining me again nick and we'll catch you again next week on the punt return podcast Go go bills